0: Hi, I'm Stacy Hyde and I'm back for episode 98 of Better Financial Health in 15 minutes or less. And what I'd like to talk about today is something someone recently asked me about. And it's for budgeting for people who don't earn a regular salary or work a certain number of hours a week, particularly people that are self-employed and do project-based work. So if they do a project that lasts a couple of months, they may or may not get paid along the way. Um, They may have some months where they earn substantially more than others. Kind of how do you budget for that? And realistically, it's important for everyone. As any listener of this podcast knows, I really advocate having at least $1,000 in a savings account, a.k.a. emergency fund. But for people who are self-employed and have... um, lumpy income, that's even more important because you are going to have those months that things are paid late. Particularly, and I know this is going to sound odd, the larger the company you're working for, oftentimes the slower you're going to get paid. There's a large uh, company in Memphis and they have contracts out, but getting into their system where they pay their vendors can take three, four, five months, and it can be quite disconcerting for a small business to find that out on the back end and have, you know, people they're trying to pay, you know, if you also have employees, and it's important that you're prepared for that before you say, yes, we want to enter into this contract and and provide those services. A key thing is, if you are employed, self-employed like this, and you have this sort of lumpy pay. You want to make sure that you're setting aside enough money to pay your FICA taxes, that's Social Security and Medicare. Because if you're self-employed, you not only pay the 7.65% employee side, you're also the employer. So you're also paying 7.65% of that. So you want to make sure that you're setting aside that money um, into that 15.3%, setting that aside to make sure that you have that available, plus you're also going to have regular income taxes. And depending on your family's income, that may be 12% or 22% would be the marginal rate there. And if you're in a state that's subject to state income taxes, you're also going to have to set some money aside there. If you're organized in Tennessee as an LLC or an S corp, you're also going to have franchise and excess taxes, so you're going to need to set aside probably two to three percent for those, just so you're not um, surprised. And so put that aside in a savings account that's going to earn you some interest, so that you have that money when it's time to pay those taxes. I think also for most people, it's helpful to Um, either work with an accountant that specializes in small business owners or to um, use software to help you calculate those and make those estimated payments because most self-employed people will need to make estimated tax payments quarterly. Not all, but a lot of times that's true to avoid any penalties or anything of that nature. The other thing that's important is you're also going to need to make sure that you have health insurance if you're self-employed. If you're um, married, oftentimes you can be covered under your spouse's plan, but if you're not married, you're going to need to find health insurance for yourself, maybe set aside some money for your retirement, depending on your income and your savings options, just saving into an IRA or Roth IRA may be enough. If you're married and your spouse's income is high, that may not be an option. Your income may be too high for that. Then you may want to look at setting up what's known as a SEP, which is a simplified employee pension. It's just a special form of an IRA that has some special rules that are not limited by um, your income. And the maximum contribution is based on your net self-employment income, which based on IRS rules is actually a circular formula that takes out um, your half of your um, the employer side of Social Security taxes or FICA taxes. And so you can set aside 25% there. Those are not as good if you have employees because you have to do the same percentage for all the employees and there's no vesting schedule or whatever. But if you're a solo practitioner, they're a great tool and they have very high limits that you can put in, also subject to that 25%. And then you can also do a one-person 401 Those are gonna have some more fees and expenses and some more rules, but they can also give you uh, some flexibility if you were to need to borrow from the 401 k that's available. Whereas a SEP IRA loans are not available. So you have to kind of think of yourself, if you're self-employed, as an employer, you know, got to provide my health insurance or find a place to get it. I've got to provide my own retirement. I've got to set aside some money for a rainy day, and then I've got to get things for my bills. So while the bare minimum is 1000 for somebody that's self-employed, having six months of either rent or mortgage payments, utility payments, enough to cover food, gasoline for your car, car insurance, those core expenses that you're going to incur no matter what, I think it's a real good rule of thumb to have that in savings as soon as you can because that's going to help you, one, uh, be more discerning on which jobs and projects you take you become a better advocate for yourself when you know that you can pay those next month's bills without taking that job because you kind of lose your swagger, so to speak, when you're negotiating if you have to have that job. It also helps you, I think, make better, more clear-headed decisions. And it's just a good um, way to practice, particularly if you're doing something where you might be tempted to cut a corner if you're if you don't have those savings there. So I think it it helps in many ways to have that cushion and to build that cushion and be a little more conservative. And once you get going and you kind of know what you have and you've got this money set aside, well, then you want to be careful about, and this is true of really anyone, as you start out, your income is going to be limited and it's going to feel like it takes you forever to get to the next level. And then what you're gonna find out is, you get more successful, you may have some clients that you wouldn't necessarily still take on today based on where you've come from. But you want to be kind to them and appreciative of them because you wouldn't be where you are today without them. And so you wanna make sure that you are either still providing great service to them because they still have lots of friends and um, contacts out there, but if they're not a good fit, help them transition somewhere else so that you maintain your core, but you also have maintained goodwill throughout. And I think that that's also something that you need to plan and budget your time and energy for is to making sure that your clients or projects go exceptionally well. And then don't hesitate to ask for Um, a referral or endorsement as you go on to the next project, but good luck to you. The key thing is to have that little bit of extra cash flow and um, move from there. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Better Financial Health in 15 Minutes or Less.